Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. Hello, crew, and welcome to episode 142 of the Most Sport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today I'm joined by Jack Atley from Pit Lane Media. For the month of April, we're concentrating on social media, how to improve your engagement, how to look into those insights, and importantly, engage with sponsors as well. For those who don't know Jack, he's quite famous in the crew. Uh, Jack has a competition race experience across multiple categories, including competing in the Bathurst Six Hour, Australian Formula Fords, and the Australian Porsche. Championship. This is combined with an extensive and multi-award winning international professional media career, which saw him work around the world and included working as a photographer on the Formula One circuit based from London. And we're going to touch base on that um, initially in this conversation today. He is an overall winner of the world's richest photographic award, the Murad Prize, um, and he won that from over 30,000 entries. He's also a formal um, overall winner of the Australian Press Photographer of the Year Award and that's the highest individual award possible for press photographers in Australia and achieved whilst working on staff for Australia's most predominant daily newspapers, the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, The Australian, Daily Telegraph and The Herald Sun. Jack spent many years on staff for the world's largest and most dominant daily global news agency, so Associated Press, Relatives, Gettys, Bloomberg's and Angie French before settling to live in his native Australia. So apart from working in Formula One, his personal media clients include the Australian Prime Minister's Office, the Sydney Opera House, Commonwealth Bank, Coca-Cola Amateur, the New York Times in New York, and the Sunday Times in London. Pitlane Media combines this unique knowledge and skill set in order to form an important difference when it comes to understanding the needs of a race car driver and a race team. And it's the difference in a sport where winning and losing is measured in a tenth of a second. Jack also runs and manages Pitlane Clothing. <coughs> and this fashion brand sponsors young race car drivers and includes Jane Hansen, Mark Clementi, Zia Cooker, and 16-year-old uh, female British race car Chloe Grant, who's just been selected in the FIA Girls on Track as a finalist to compete at Ferrari's home track of Maranello at the final in November. Jack's background inspires him to produce a fashion brand for anyone with a racist spirit, young or old, men or women, with all of our original um, designs from t-shirts, watches, hoodies, leggings, shoes, um, pullovers, and so, so much more. Um, Pit Lane Media is your one-stop shop when it comes to website, videography, photography. Uh, so please make sure you stay tuned for today's show and uh, hear more about Jack's amazing story in Formula One and the services he can offer to help build your brand. Well, hello, Jack. Welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Hi, Belinda. Fantastic to be with you. Thanks very much for having me on. Yes, yeah, so I've been trying to get you on for, I feel like, a few years now. We've had COVID and we were racing, we weren't racing. Um, but welcome to the show and tell us a little about who you are and how you got started in motorsports. 
Yeah, it's great to catch up with you eventually. It's been a, a stilted last few years, but we're definitely right back into racing again, that's for sure. This year has been pretty crazy already. We're only in March, but, um, you know, we've had uh, events starting most weekends for the past month or so, and all around Australia as well. We had uh, we had Formula Ford on in over the weekend in Queensland, in fact, almost outback Australia. We had TCR in uh, Tasmania. We had uh, Sandown before that. So, yeah, it's been a, a busy couple of months, but it's fantastic to be back into racing. Uh, personally, my story, I guess, is uh, I started in media uh, when I was 18 professionally. I have always had a mad love for motorsport, of course, like a lot of, a lot of Aussie guys do, I guess, when you're growing up. But um, I probably didn't quite have the talent or the commitment or whatever just to to get myself to a formula to be a Formula One race car driver, so I actually got into media because I thought almost the next best way to get yourself onto a centre court at Wimbledon or to uh, into the pits at Silverstone or wherever you might be, I looked on TV and said, well, "All those media guys actually get in there." So it was a way to get me really close to sports action. I love sport, I love cricket and footy and all sorts of sport, as a lot of guys do, but. That enabled me to get right into um, the nitty-gritty, if you like, of sports. So I started professionally at 18, started at the Sydney Morning Herald newspaper as a cadet photographer, and it was a tough breeding ground, um, but uh, I had high expectations early. It's very, very similar analogy to motor racing, really. it's a You've got to fight for your position. Uh, you've got to be very committed. You've got to give up weekends and nights and everything if you really want to succeed and I had a big dream to succeed globally and so I started at the City Morning Herald and had a great training ground. I was surrounded by older guys, I was surrounded by tough hard-nosed guys who didn't like mistakes and they had high expectations and it was tough. I gave up my family initially and moved to Sydney and didn't know a person in Sydney so um, but it was a dream of mine to, to move there and it was all part of the commitment and all part of uh, moving up the, the the order, the pecking order, I guess, if you like. Um, I was there for a number of years and managed to establish myself in Australia and worked at a very high level. But my dream was always to go over to Europe, very much like a lot of young race car drivers do. So, And my goal was to work in Formula One, mm-hmm. which uh, seemed like a bit of a dream when you start. But... Um, you can do it. You've just got to be very committed and you, you've got to stay the course. But, um, you know, you hear all these stories all the time, oh, that's too hard or, you know, only one in a thousand does it and all that sort of stuff. Fine, but make yourself one in a thousand or, or really stick to your goals. And I was lucky and fortunate enough to eventually get there. I did shoot a number of Australian Formula One Grand Prix, got noticed by an English team. And in F1, um, in photography circles, there's, this is going back mid-2000s, there's actually only two companies which ran the whole of the photography services for Formula One. They're both based in London or just out of London. And to be on that team as one of their photographers, they only have five guys in the world. So I was fortunate enough that when they came out to Australia, I went out for dinner one night with one of the bosses, fed him a few beers and uh, said, right, I'm your guy. So eventually uh, they, they gave me... They gave me a break. They sent me to, um, eventually I went up to Sepang, did the first race after Australia in the Sepang. And then from there I went to London and um, got offered a gig 
working in Formula One. And I did it at that level uh, for about three years in Formula One. In the meantime, when you're not quite shooting F1, you're also shooting things like German touring cars or MotoGP. You, when you're based in London, you can um, be sent anywhere, really. You can be in Spain literally one week shooting a test for Benetton and then a week later you're, you're back in London at Silverstone, freezing cold in the snow, standing on a corner waiting for an F1 car. So it was, uh, it was a great experience, but it was very hard, very cutthroat. But I came back to Australia after a few years and um, I found myself pretty hardened up, I would say. It's a really um, tough breeding ground. But I came back to Australia. Then I continued working in media and photography for a number of years. But my passion has always been racing, of course, as well. So I decided I want to get into racing. I'd, I'd worked in media for a long time. Finally got a few dollars, got myself into racing and started in Formula Ford, started racing in Formula Ford. And I knew I needed to raise some sponsorship dollars to compete in Formula Ford. Um, and so I built myself a website. And I just built myself a website thinking, well, that's how you're meant to build a website. And um, I knew I needed to market myself because I wasn't Australian champion. I wasn't five-time Australian go-karting champion or didn't come out of that system. So I had to come at it from a different angle. I knew I needed to sort out the business side of it and sort out the um, – make myself, I guess, attractive to sponsors because I needed help to um, to race. So I wanted to um, do proper marketing, build a proper website and then approach sponsors from there, from that base and was fortunate enough to get a number of sponsors. That got me racing. But then once I got into racing, I had a number of guys who were Australian <laughs> champions were looking at me going, how did you get sponsorship? How did you, I mean, you've never done anything in racing. And I said, yeah, exactly, I haven't. I'm, I'm, I haven't got the technical skills of what you've got, but um, I guess I've got the marketing skills. And so they asked me to start building some websites for them, start working with them in sponsorship. And from there, Pit Lane Media and um, the company grew. And from there, we started that back in about 2014, 2015. And it's really grown massively since then. And I've been very fortunate enough to work with, some great drivers, and especially the young guys, the younger guys. I've had um, six years with Will Brown, who's now Erebus V8 supercar superstar driver um, and a lovely guy, and his family's lovely. Um, and there's other young, great young kids, I guess you'll call them kids, but they're the young men coming through and women as well. Um, Jane Hansen and Bailey Sweeney and, yeah. Um, so uh, Michael Clemente is another one who's done really well. And um, in TCR, um, Xavier Kokai is another young guy in Formula Ford at the moment. And we're also we're working globally. I work with a young girl called uh, Chloe Grant, who's racing GB4 in the UK. She is definitely one to watch. She's, um, she, she's a bit of a gun. She, she was at the Ferrari Driving Academy last year. So, yeah, yep. it's awesome to work with these young crew. Yeah, that's fantastic, Jack. Well, kind of like an awesome story. Do you kind of like sit back and sometimes just pinch yourself and think, oh, wow, like I never dreamed it would be or is that, yeah? I, just, um, it's funny. People say that I've been very fortunate without a doubt, but I think I've always looked at it in a way as work. I, um, It's a passion without a doubt. And when you have any passions in life, you think about it when you're going to bed. And it's the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning and, um, you just get very focused. I guess I was probably lucky 
like many race car drivers, born with a an ability to focus. And so when I focus on a name, now that can be a good thing, it could be a bad thing because you can get sometimes narrow-minded and I, you can lose friends and say, oh, I can't catch up this weekend. Or but if you really want to pick a goal, and a, a high goal, um, you really need to be dedicated and focused. And, and so... Uh, the first few years were quite tough, quite tough and quite draining, I would say, but um, you can get to a stage where I don't know if it's enjoyable. I think you um, you get comfortable with it and you, you get confident with it, I think, is, is another thing. And then you can start determining which way you want to go with it all. And you can go, right, I can go there. I know I can beat him today. And you be, get confident. And that's how, how sort of champions are built. Not that I'm saying I'm a champion, but I, I often study... I'm very big on studying people like Roger Federer or, you know, Tiger Woods or Michael Schumacher, all these. There's a lot of people that do sport, um, but um, not everyone can be Michael Schumacher. Not everyone is a, is a Michael Jordan of a basketball or whatever. I mean, I, it really um, interests me how those guys think, and I studied a lot of their behaviours and, and um, read a lot of books about them, and I really admire all those, those champions that keep going and keep winning in tight situations. And there's a, you know, there's a difference between out-and-out champions and um, people who just give it a bit of a crack. Yeah, they definitely do. They're all the goats of all their respected sports. So yep. uh, I, I love reading about their mindset as well. But I guess the big thing about all of those athletes that were mentioned is that they do have their individual brand, and a website can help you build that brand. And again, like I always promote to all of the athletes to have a website, um, even when, especially when you're starting out, because um, we don't own our social media. So you know, Mark Zuckerberg owns Facebook and Instagram, and the other bloke exactly. owns. Twitter and uh, at the end of the day, we don't own that intellectual property. So it's fantastic to have a website. Yes, they are costly, but um, it's something that we own and like you benefit from is that something that you can showcase your sponsor. So getting started with a website, what are some key elements? Absolutely. That's a a very good point. There's a number of great points that you mentioned there, Belinda. But um, look, I mean, even if if you look at major companies around the world, these days from Coca-Cola to McDonald's to any major company, they still have websites. Uh, when social media was invented in, I don't know, mid-2000s, sort of came on 2005, 2010, people started saying, well, that's just going to replace websites. We'll just use social media. If you look, no, you know, if you look around, people still have websites. Major companies still have websites. Everyone does. And, in fact, if you don't have one, it's uh, it doesn't look good. And that's a downside. So you really want to keep a, a you definitely want to build a website i would say straight away because that is your the face of your brand and the face of your brand is very important especially in racing i've always looked at racing as a business we're definitely passionate about racing we love getting out there and we love doing the circles around the track but to get out there you need partners and you need you know it's not a cheap sport without a doubt to to be to be pretty honest and blunt about it it requires dollars so um, you need to start working with proper partners. And as a partner, I always try to think from what what does the partner need? Not not what I need. I know what I need. I need dollars to go racing. I need dollars to go out and beat my position. But a partner needs to look at you as a driver or as a as a partner and say, right, we want to partner up with someone who's good for our brand as well. You know, and if we can see that this this girl or this guy is professional, 
that's when they will start getting interested in you and start going, okay, maybe we can back this guy. They will get a lot of requests all the time. Many major companies get requests all day, every day from people saying, can you throw some money at me because I want to go racing? Well, I, I get it myself and you go, well, that's fine. <laughs> but it, exactly. But, and that's fine. And the partnerships and sponsorships, I would say, a good thing to remember is it is a great opportunity for a company as well. Many, many drivers and think, go, oh, well, they won't ever sponsor me. Now, companies are looking to sponsor drivers, but I would say that they also want to sponsor and partner with someone who's serious and who's genuine and committed and passionate and is not a bit of a, you know, bit of a fly-by-night. If you can show them that you're serious and committed and passionate, you mightn't be Australian champion yet, but if you've got a good goal and you've got a good commitment and you can say, right, here's my car, here's my team, but here's my website and this is what I can show for you and I can showcase your brand as well, suddenly sponsors and partners start going, well, okay, hang on a sec. So this guy or this, this person is serious and they're professional and they look good. Um, a website is, has a number of key advantages. It also showcases the partner brand. And if you can keep that in the back of your mind to say, well, it's not just all about me as a driver. This is me as a team. And with the team, I have these fantastic partners. Look at them all. They're all on my website. You can be linked to my website. The partner starts feeling involved and the, the partner starts feeling better about the situation. They get happier about it. They get more excited. So that's another key benefit. And, and I guess one of the biggest things that you said there is spot on the mark that you own it. So you, you are in control of that situation. Um, and it's also something that's solid, I would say, because with social media, TikTok and Instagram, a lot of it's pretty fleeting and instant these days. And that's fine. That's what a lot of people look at and you get used to that and you get to see a five second grab and go, okay, fine. Even Facebook, that can be gone in a day or two, but as a website, it's a solid base and you can always call people and sponsors and partners and fans back to a website. You look at F1, Formula One has a website. V8 Supercars has a website. So it's a hub. It's a place where you can uh, draw people in, draw fans, draw sponsors into um, an area that you are in control of. Yes, because motorsport is a business. It's talking my language, yeah. Jack. Talk my language. Motorsport is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. It is. So when somebody's starting off about developing a website, um, how yeah. do they know about what choosing what platform even to host it on? Because there's like Wix, there's WordPress, Kajabi, there's lots of different kind of um, yeah. platforms. Um, look, I would say I'd say I'd be a little bit careful. I, I think probably on that point, the next step from that point would be if you are going to do a website, um, do it properly, I would say. Um, it's probably worse for your brand, worse as a driver, worse for sponsorship. If you haven't attempted a website and it looks very poor or it's three years out of date, or these days people will look at something very quickly and say, well, that's three years out of date. I don't know. I might not stick around with that. But people, I mean, we're all the same, you know. We all do it. Um, so you've got to make sure that if you are going to do a website, make sure you're committed to doing it. Um, you can do it yourself these days. Technology's got a lot better these days. I mean, you look at 10, 15 years ago, you needed to hire a $10,000 coding expert to um, write code and whatever. Now, websites and technology and video and, and social media is every, and everything else has made it a lot more simpler. Cameras 
in general. I mean, um, and now made a lot more simpler where even with iPhones and, and camera phones, we can take a photograph, hit a button, make it perfectly exposed, hit another button, send it to London, send it to New York in the next five minutes. So technology has made these things a lot better, but you've still got to have a direction and you've still got to make sure that it is up to date and very professional. I, I would say your images is really another key point about it. Yeah. Uh, many websites I've seen can have pretty poor images. You go to a, a track and it's a funny, interesting point, Linda, but people look at their, their own photographs, especially, say, of their kids or they look at their friends or whatever and they go, oh, that's a great photograph. It might be a great photograph to you, but it might not be a great photograph to a partner or to a branding um, sponsor. So you've got to make sure that the photos are done correctly. Try to, you know, hire a professional photographer if you can say, I'm at the truck, I've got a test day. I love test days myself because I love test days almost more than racing sometimes because in a test day at Winton or a test day at Phillip Island, or you can do a whole year's worth of photographs in a controlled environment and you can take your time. It's not as stressed as when you're at the racetrack on a race weekend. So you can really get your images sorted for the year. And we will do that with a lot of our drivers, absolutely. We'll go to the, the testing in uh, January, February, March. Yeah. You can even, it sounds funny, but you can get them looking sad, you can get them looking happy, you can get them, you can do yeah. all that sort of stuff behind the scenes on a test day and then come March or April or, or whenever, instantly you can update it with an image that tells the story. Yes. A website tells the story to people that don't know you or to partners what you are about. So that's another key aspect as well. So make sure your images are good. Um, with particular brands of website templates, look, there's a number of ones out there. Um, you know, you can go for a, a one that's a cheap and easy option, but, again, I'd be slightly careful of that. You don't have to go for high-end, top-of-the-range, multi-million-dollar systems either as well. You can get something that you're comfortable with. Um, if you That's if you want to do it yourself, but that can be time-consuming, and it's literally why a company like Ours does. Um, it's not, I'm not just here to sell my brand, but a lot of guys use us because come a race weekend, you want to concentrate on your driving. And that's, that's right. what real, you know, the, the, that's the key behind our, our company is we, we let you just race. That's, that's the slogan of Pitlane Media. We let you just race because you don't want to have to be, and most guys, a lot of people do, race a car at 250 kilometres an hour with 20 other clowns all around you as you run, as I've done, um, and that's draining and it's it's very hard work. So to then get back to the pits and have to do a social media post and I say agree. I had a bad race or a good race and you might be in a bad mood and you might say I, I lost the race. So you don't want to do a social media post. Well, people, right. people still want to hear about it. So um, that's where it's good to have a third party. That's right. And I always yeah, exactly. to um, have all this stuff kind of like exactly what you're saying, like pre-created um, prior to race weekend so then when they are at the race weekend, they can just focus on racing. But just let the fans know, like, hey, guys, it's Friday. This is qualifying. This is what's happened. Yeah. Um, I will check in Saturday night at 6 or Saturday night at 7 and not so much. But as long as the fans know when they're going to check back in and give them an update, and it also yeah. allows the athlete not to have to constantly be on their phone, as we said, because they should just be concentrating on, the, on their racing. And and even if they go, hey, it's Friday, I'm going to just check back in on Monday at 2 o'clock, then that's okay yeah. right? because yeah. it, it is about racing once they get there. So yeah, I exactly. And, and engaging with fans is a very, very great point that you said there too. 
you'd be surprised. Um, a lot of drivers I speak to go, oh, I don't know if I've got any fans or, or what. You'd be amazed. Like, people are interested in what you're doing if you're out there racing. So um, even family and friends, and, and that can build, and that's all about building your brand, and it's all about you creating interest around what you're doing. And people these days almost demand. They, they want to see images of you there. They, they're so used to getting images and, and seeing it. It might only be a little snippet of each thing, but if you can just say, look, you know, we, we did this or we had a poor race today or we had a fantastic race today, um, it just tells a story, it builds the story, builds interest in your brand. But, yeah, um, you can definitely um, want to um, keep control of it all. And, um, yeah, it, it engages the fans. So, so that's a key aspect. So tell us a little bit about what Pit Lane Media as it does. So what kind of services do you offer to the athletes? How do people get in contact with you? Um, what does working with you look like, Jack? Uh, we're, we're Pit Lane Media. So we are pitlanemedia.com. That's the fastest, easiest, best way to get to us. That's our website. Uh, we cater for drivers, I would say, um, who are reasonably serious. So I'll, I'll, if someone's doing the odd lap um, on, on you know, a weekend, you're probably not – quite at that level, but um, we uh, we have a, a broad range of drivers um, and certainly a broad range of ages. You don't need to be just starting out. You don't need to be high-end V8 supercar driver, but we cater for them too, absolutely. Um, we've got guys that really want to build their brand. We're a partner. We're, we're, we Our slogan is we build drivers' brands. So we really want to work with the driver. We're not here just to tell you what to do either. We want to work with you and you will say, look, I want to be here in six months, I want to be here in 12 months, I want to be here in five years. We'll set out a game plan um, and we'll start off small and we'll build the website for you, but we work with you. We can also do merchandise as well now for drivers as well. So that's another key aspect, which can bring in extra dollars for drivers as well. It's another, not overlooked, but um, it's another arm of the business which we're now doing. We're linked up with a company called Pit Lane Clothing as well, so that links in well. So a lot of our drivers now have their own merchandise on their own websites. So now fans and anyone can look on their website. So it might be a Michael Clemente Motorsport website or a Jay Hansen Motorsport website or Bailey Sweeney website, and suddenly they can see that driver's um, range of merchandise as well. So we do all that for you as well. Um, and we're there for, for every weekend. I mean, um, we're there for qualifying. Practice often is on Fridays. You might have two or three practice sessions on Friday, but you know, we'll, we'll check in and just a quick phone call or a text to say, how'd you go? You'd be amazed. Everyone generally complains, saying, I need more turn in, I need more front end in the car, or I need to go faster. But that's okay. Uh, and you build it up over a weekend and we'll, we'll cover a quick snippet about your qualifying off on that Saturday morning. You might have race one Saturday afternoon. This is generally how sort of weekends go. Um, and then Sunday morning and Sunday night, um, there's two races more. So we'll cover the aspect of those. We'll send that out to uh, uh, fans for you on your social media. We'll upload that onto your website and uh, build the brand and, and um, stay in constant contact. So, yeah, pitlanemedia.com is our website and we'd love to speak to you at any time. And so, Jack, do you um, service Australia nationally or are you just on the East Coast or... Where are you located exactly? We're absolutely nationally. In fact, we're global. So we have guys that are in America. We have guys in London. We've got Chloe Grant, who's actually from Scotland, but she's racing in the UK this year. And certainly uh, our guys um, are in Australia, but the world is 
is global. The world has opened up again. So often some of the guys that might start off in Australia, um, we had Scott Andrews who when we started working with Scotty Andrews about golly early days, 2015-16. Now within a couple of years he was off to America to race and we still can do his website even though we're based in Melbourne, Australia, but um, mm-hmm. the world's global and it's n- nothing for us to be watching his race live in America and then watching a race in Tasmania uh, an hour later without a shadow of a doubt. So we're definitely a global company. Uh, a lot of our drivers will go and compete overseas if they're not competing full-time overseas. Some of them might go do a few races, spare races, might go to Silverstone or Barcelona or wherever you might go and uh, we have to be with them the whole time. But you can do that from um, these days from, from anywhere, really. So, yeah, we cover things globally. Fantastic. Now, Jack, you did mention that you are a sponsor as well and because you like to give back to the sport that you love, obviously not making it exactly yourself, but obviously passionate about the sport and helping the grassroots competitors, as we yeah. um, mentioned. And you said you like to put yourself into in that um, hat. Um what kind of things do you look for in an athlete when people come to you for seeking sponsorship? Well, I love that question, I've got to say, Belinda. I absolutely love it because that because actually it's funny, since we've moved into a, a clothing brand which can has, or has the ability now to sponsor athletes and to work with athletes, it's funny. You first start off going, geez, I, I hope someone likes my brand, and then you start getting people coming at you going, can you sponsor me? And you start looking at people going, all right, maybe I'm, yeah, I would like to sponsor you. What, what are you doing? And you start dealing with athletes and you sort of cut them down a bit based on a few different aspects, and I would say. And um, I think passion is probably one of the biggest things. If, if someone is coming to you and saying, listen, I am really genuine and I'm serious about this, I want to move forward, that's the first thing I would look for because you can always, you can teach skills and, but you can't teach passion. I don't think you, you can you can teach um, you know technicalities of a sport. There's three points of every corner, as we know. We've got an entry and an apex and an exit in every every corner, and you can teach the technical side. But if someone really wants to do something, that is an innate ability, and that's one of the first things. I think being professional is another thing that we would look at without a doubt. And when I say being professional, it's about caring about not only yourself. Um, and how you hold yourself and how you present yourself at the track, but off the track as well these days. These days you can't tend to get away with a lot. I mean, if you if you get yourself in trouble, unfortunately sometimes we do these days. Everyone's got a phone or everyone's got, and so it's hard to, you know, it, it's which is kind of a bit annoying because you've got to make sure you're always there. But if you can present yourself in, in the best possible light and best possible way, or try to, as best you possibly can. That's another thing that, that we look at. Um, and I think just, um, I think people who are probably appreciative of sponsors as well is another thing as well. A lot of people say, just give me this, give me this, give me this. That's fine. I mean, and a lot of companies are in the position to do that. But you can have a multi-million dollar company, and I've certainly dealt with multi-million dollar companies who say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother sponsoring that person and you could say well that's a bit strange and they say well it doesn't align with our values so um, I think you've got to look at your own company values and then see if that driver will align with your values it shouldn't be just about giving clothing or giving money or giving uh, giving away gifts to drivers a driver should always think I believe should always think what is 
in this for that company? How can I help that company as well as help themselves? Companies will help you. Companies want to sponsor you, without a doubt. But if you can say to them, listen, I really can give this for your brand, that's going to prick my ears up and that's going to say, well, okay, this guy wants to work with me or this girl wants to work with me. And so, um, yep, let's let's form a partnership. Let's see where it all goes. So, yeah, um, passion and drive and uh, commitment and professionalism all comes into it. Yes, we just touched on some great points there around about um, social media again. Um, fortunately, probably for us, when we grew up, we didn't have social media, so we could probably get away with a lot yeah. more things. But the other great thing or I guess a pro and con about having social media is that when you are seeking sponsorship that a sponsor will just go to Google and type in your name or your race team. And if you have had a big night out and squirt and unfortunately your friends have posted your photo or worst case like you're vaping or something like that, it doesn't look good for your brand. Whereas if you've got a website, ideally if you put in Linda Risley, that first of all, your website should come up first. And so therefore a sponsor should go to that um, con piece of content. No doubt they will still look into social media, but at least they're seeing that website exactly. first. So there's that point. Spot on the um, Identifying values. Oh, my God. When people come to work with me, Jack, the first thing I say is like we need to identify values. And... Yeah. They go, what, why? Like, And they think, oh, my God, here we go. And I, it's such a, like a head-banging exercise for myself as well to try and educate um, athletes why it's important to establish yeah. values and to make sure it's aligned with a sponsor because, again, the, the classic yeah. example I always use is that you don't want to be seeking sponsorship from a butcher if you're a vegan athlete. Like it just doesn't align. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, exactly. But people don't understand how much or how important it is to make sure that your values actually align with the sponsor that you're yeah. seeking. So, and, and I, I was just going to say, I, I, adding to that point, I think as well that the great thing about motorsport, I would say, and the, and racing, is it's a clean sport. It, it's I love working with with young young drivers because it's a clean sport. They they might be 15, 16, 17, but a lot of them look good, especially in karting. They come out of karting. I mean, I'm, I'm staggered at half the time at how great carters look. They look magnificent, I've got to say. Like, they've got the hottest helmet. They look fantastic. They look brilliant. So that is a marketer's dream. If, if you can present yourself well, I mean, motorsport has a fantastic image that it's clean. You've got to be fit to do it, you, you, one thing. So a lot of them, a lot of them are good-looking. They're fit. They're happy. They're, they're out in the sunshine. And they're passionate and committed. And um, so they're not doing bad things. They're actually trying to achieve goals. So another thing you can bear in mind as a driver and as an athlete is that you do have positive aspects which you can give to a company. So if you can package that all up and, as you say, put it into a website um, and go, this is me and this is all a professional package, it looks really good. But your very good point that you mentioned as well is be careful because a bad Facebook page or a bad Twitter page or a bad Instagram page looking like a bit of a clown off track or whatever. It might be fun to mates, but if you're talking about a business and you're talking about trying to work in partnerships with your racing, sponsors and partners and companies will not love that, I would say. They will definitely go through that without a doubt. We absolutely go through Instagram and Facebook straight away and, and go, okay, yeah, doesn't look great or actually that's impressive. You, you can use it either way. So um, right. you can really use it to your advantage, but, yeah, be be um be guarded a little bit, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, 
and that's why I always recommend like have two Facebook pages or have two Instagrams, private yeah. and, and a public one. And you can throw on like what you do on a weekend behind the scenes um, as a private one and then, you know, people yeah. can request to be a part of it. But if not, exactly. everything that's to do with your racing, it needs to be professional looking um, yeah. to come across, like you said, to have all those characteristics that a sponsor is looking for, professionalism, mm-hmm. Um you know, confident, yeah. I'm just trying to know his confidence yeah. um, and stuff like that. There's yeah. a lot, but yeah. There is a lot. And the other great point that you brought up is that basically the sponsorship isn't a donation so that you're talking about um, people just seeking for merchandise or seeking for a website to be built, but yet there's got to be something in return for that. So I think another big uh, mistake that a lot of the athletes slash drivers make is that they think that sponsorship is a donation to their race degree, which isn't the case at all. So it's really important that when you're seeking sponsorship just to make sure that it's mutually benefit for both parties. Absolutely, that that is such a very key point. Well, you know, that's exactly right. You, I, I've when I started out myself, well, I'm guilty of it as well. I I was approaching multi-million-dollar companies who I, you know, you might say, look, I, I just need five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or whatever it might be for a for a company. Now, these are multi-million-dollar companies, and they can look at look at me and go, well, not really. But I I was taught actually, and I, I learned pretty early that. It's in many regards not about me, not when it's in regard yeah. approaching it's about them. If you can yeah. go to a company and say, look, if you gave me some stuff, fantastic, but here's an option that I want to give to you. I actually want to build your brand. I want to tell all my friends and my family and, and everyone else about how good your brand is. Suddenly a partner in a company is turning around going, wow, fantastic. Now we've got a great fit young athlete who's out there competing on a national stage who's there to build our brand. Now, that is a totally different ballgame to someone who comes in and says, can you give me five grand? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a, you know, it, it's, a, it's a totally different ballgame. So, yeah, if you can look at it um, not just as a driver, and you might be Australian champion, and I've seen, believe me, I've seen Australian champions, I've seen multiple champions who think it's, it's all about them. And, in, you know, on the track, it is fine. But off the track, if you can go to a company, you know, a partner and say, I want to give you something. I want to build your brand. That's when they will start looking at you. And, and honestly, they will come to the party a lot of the times. Yeah. And again, like we're um, educating the, the drivers that are around about list building as well. And so they can easily yeah. do that on the website. And so again, we don't own specifically our fans on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn yeah. and Twitter. So although it's fantastic to build up our fans and our followers and our likes and, and that criteria and things, ideally we want to try and get them off the social media to our website and sign up to our newsletter. And yeah. um, I'm saying we can have all of those, the newsletters embedded in all of those social media accounts, um, but ideally we want them to come across to our, our um, website because, again, yeah. that's more of a statistic that a sponsor would like to know is how many people are on your email list. And if you turn around and go, what are you talking about? Um, again, yeah. it's just those little things around about being professional. And if you say, look, I've got 200, well, they're probably going to be more excited about there's 200 engaged people as opposed to having 2,200 likes or followers. Um, yeah. And yet you only get 20 um, likes on each post that you do. So a sponsor definitely looks at um, those kind of things very differently to what an athlete does or, or what they think is right or wrong right now. So that's another benefit yeah. of having that website. They can build that email list. Without a doubt, absolutely. It's a database, absolutely. These are all little aspects which you can go to a partner or a sponsorship. Uh, you can walk into a boardroom 
and say, here is all this and here is all this, and they will, a lot of them, I mean, it might sound a bit harsh, but a lot of them don't have a lot of time either. You've got to make an impression straight away. And, I mean, that's another probably great aspect about a website is you can make an impression very quickly. You can make an, uh, an impression in the first five seconds, first ten seconds, by saying, look, I know you're very busy, but uh, go to my website as a starting point and as a base. And if the sponsor or the partners can flick onto your website straight away and go, right, okay, they will be able to tell straight away if you're serious that's or if you're a bit off the mark. So. Yeah, that's another absolutely very key aspect of the um, the website. Apart from the databases and getting their brand out there and everything, it becomes about them. At the end of the day, it's a real team partnership system, but the website is key without a doubt. And having a good, professional, solid, up-to-date website is key to building uh, building great partnerships. Yeah, and a lot of the young athletes don't feel comfortable during saying their 30-second pitch when they're meeting people. So definitely yeah. having that website gives them that opportunity to say, oh, if you'd like to know more about me and my story, race over to motoratetraining.com.au or pitlanemedia.com uh, or giving them a business card or doing you know something yeah. unique to, to get that pitch in. But they don't actually have to sell their story then and there because they've already told you and you've already made that brand come to life by telling their story within the website. Exactly right. Exactly right. And again, I'll get back to the point that even major companies still have websites. I mean, a McDonald's or a Coca-Cola or a General Motors or any multi-Apple computers. I mean, they've all still got websites. It's not like they've said, oh, we don't need a website. They they know that that is the number. In fact, it's the number one thing that they have, without a doubt. And you get that looking good and that looking right. Then you can expand from there. But yeah, it's your home. It's your base. So you want to make sure that the website looks good. Look, at the end of the day, like you just use those big brand international names, but if you want to know anything about Coca-Cola, that's where you're going to go. You're not going to purchase a can of Coke. You're not going to go to their social media. You're literally going to go directly to that website to learn more about when did it start, how did it start, where do they manufacture the Coke, um, where is it distributed, what kind of flavours do they have, everything about that brand um, you want to know. It's going to be listed on that website. Spot on the mark. That is so true. In fact, I think we could probably take that a step further. And what you've described there, Belinda, is you are telling a story as a brand. Now, that's what partners and companies look for when they want to partner up with you. They want to know what is your story. Where have you come from? How long have you been doing this? Who are you? Who are we going to partner up with? And you need to tell them a story. And the website is where you can tell them your story. Fantastic. And you're the man for the job, Jack. Yeah, well, we try, but uh, yeah, we try. We, we love it. We're passionate about it ourselves. I mean, we, I, I race myself. Uh, we, we're we're out there racing. We've been out there. I've been out there on track myself. I've sat on the grid at Bathurst and raced and, and raced at Bathurst and raced at Phillip Island and raced all around. You know, a lot of places around the world. So raced in Spain and raced in New Zealand. So to be able to sit on the grid and feel all the nerves and looking around, going, "What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing." Where should, I shouldn't even be here. I'm about to get done. By, but it's um, it's a real passion, and and even off off track, you know, it's just as passionate as well because it's it's always flowing, it's always engaging. Um, you never stop thinking about it, and uh, we love it. And yeah, we uh, that's, right. that's what we the best in the world. We love the yeah. world of motorsports, and that's why hearing <laughs> everyone that's passionate about it and doing what we do, yeah. um, just doing what we love. Um, trying to yeah. help the young athletes of the world, yeah. basically, to, to stay in the sport 
I mean, like my why is like I want to educate the young to stay in the sport, um, you know, how to yeah. do the off-track development side of things so that they do get sponsors, so they do stay in the sport, so we do actually yeah. have a sport. Otherwise, because if they don't, we know it's expensive, uh, we know they won't be there. And if we don't have a grid, then we don't have sports. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It all flies. It all, all goes together. It all flows. Oh, well, thanks very much, Jack. I really love this conversation. Before we finish up today, is there anything else that you want to share with us? I mean, there's lots of greatness. I've thrown a lot at you. Thanks very much, Belinda. I appreciate being on. I love what you do. I love Motivate. So thank you. It's a pleasure to be on here. And, yeah, if anyone needs any information, absolutely get in touch with us at pitlanemedia.com or pitlaneclothing.com is another avenue of ours. So, yeah, appreciate the time. And, um, yeah, good luck. We'll see you out there on track. We will. And Jack, yes, Jack's details will, of course, be in the show notes. Um, so please make sure you race over and check out all the beautiful websites that he does do. And, of course, I love them. Um, they're very fast. They're edgy. Obviously, they're on brand. And as I said, you can work um, hand-on-hand with the team at PLM um, to get the website that's right for you. Um, they start, you know, like any website, kind of like in the mid-$1,000 to get started. But as you can hear, there's so many benefits um, to actually having your own website. And, of course, it's the number one thing that I do promote is that you get a website up and running, first of all, if you're serious about progressing your motorsport career. So, Jack, thank you again for joining us. Um, I love it. I'm so excited. Thanks, I love talking, talking passionate motorsport enthusiasts um, that share that motorsport is a business and helping young athletes. So thank you again for your time. Thank you for everything that you're doing for the athletes. And I'll see you at the track. Pleasure. See ya. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? MotivateTraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.